Welcome back to another episode of The Jacob Johnston Show. No special announcements, but just a programming note up front. The video version of the show will be returning. I was having problems with my video editor, and being stubborn like I am, I tried to see if I can fix it all myself and do all of the whatever programming needed in order to fix the problem. Eventually, I just gave up, did an uninstall, reinstall, lost all my settings, but long story short, problem solved. So the video version of the show will be coming back. It will be first posted on Rumble and then released later on YouTube because, well, YouTube just sucks. So that's all the announcements up front. Let's go ahead and dive into the show. In a sign of our times of just how radical and tyrannical the left has become, just how much they have come to hate the Constitution and the individual rights that it guarantees. North Carolina Rep. Greg Murphy and 22 House Republicans introduced a resolution on Wednesday to protect expressing support for the First Amendment and the protection of free speech as well as academic freedom for all students and faculty. Quote, there is no doubt that institutions of higher learning have become vectors of teaching what to think rather than how to think. They speak often of diversity in all things except opinion. It is clear that we have a problem on our campuses. In a 2021 survey, the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE for short, reported that an overwhelming 83% of students report self-censoring their viewpoints on campus at least some of the time, with 21% reporting that they often censor their views. If that's not a massive red flag about the sanctity of free speech in higher education, I don't know what is, Murphy told the Daily Caller in a statement before introducing the resolution. Now, this is just one of the many examples of just how authoritarian that the left has become. The fact that we now have to go through and pass resolutions re-expressing our support for our rights under the Constitution. And the left, they go off and they attack every constitutional right that you have. Of course, they try to hide behind Claims of the Constitution supports anything and everything they want to do. Think about this. During the Trump years, we saw all types of nasty, grotesque things from the left, putting on plays where they depicted President Trump getting assassinated, beheaded, songs about Trump getting murdered, and all the left was cheering on and going, oh, the right, you're overreacting. This is free speech after all. And yet now, with a Democrat, occupying the White House, just chanting, let's go, Brandon. The left is going off and saying that needs to be shut down and trying to equate that with terrorism. So if they go off and show violent depictions of a Republican president getting murdered, hey, that's fine. Chanting, let's go, Brandon, that's equivalent to terrorism and support of ISIS. Every right that we have under the Constitution is under attack. The First Amendment, whether that's in the public schools, higher education, or especially online, is being attacked. You take a look at all of these social media companies that claim to be platforms, and then you go through and you look at their terms of service. And their terms of service prove that they are not a platform because their terms of service are basically publishing guidelines, editorial guidelines. You shall not publish anything or express any points of view that the left disagrees with. And so our First Amendment is being attacked. The media is constantly lying to us. But if we point out that they're lying to us, we'll be censored. Cancel culture. We're not allowed to say anything. Our Second Amendment is under attack as the left tries to take away our rights to self-defense. Because the Second Amendment is not about hunting. It's about we, the people, having the ability to keep the government in check, to keep them too afraid from going overboard with their authoritarian nature. But the left is trying everything that they can to try and strip us of our Second Amendment. And we know when looking at all other countries that have gone from democracies to authoritarian hellholes, the first two rights that were taken were the freedom of speech and the right to self-defense, the right to own a gun. Because you take away those two rights, you are able to isolate people, make them feel alone in their particular views, and they will, will be prevented from rising up. But of course, the left is also attacking our other rights. They're attacking our rights to be protected from unreasonable search and seizures, as now they are trying to take a look at being able to see any bank account for spending 
$600. You know, if you make a mortgage payment or you make a payment to pay your rent, if you're a renter, as a result, that gives the government the right to look at all of your financial transactions because they want to know what you're doing. They want to know how much you're donating to their political opponents, whether you're spending money to go off and exercise your rights under the Constitution. They want to be able to use this so that they can start creating a list, put everybody on a list that is supporting things that the Democrats don't want, so then they can target you, just like they're using the FBI to target and harass parents for speaking up at school boards. In the past, the idea that you would need to pass a resolution to support or reaffirm your support for the rights guaranteed under the Constitution would have been laughable. Why would anybody need to do that? But in 2021, the left has become so tyrannical that we need to reaffirm our support for our rights. It's unbelievable how bad the left has become. So bad, in fact, that the government now feels like it has the authority, the unquestionable authority to mandate that you take an injection, that they can put whatever they want into your body, that they can force you to be stuck with any needle that they want. And as you know, the Biden administration, as fraudulent as it is, finally published its vaccine mandate, giving businesses a January 4th deadline, stating that all your employees must be vaccinated or you will be fined. Now, of course, they say that if they don't get vaccinated, then then they have to go through weekly testing and wear a mask. And so as OAN reports, businesses have until just after the holiday season to get their employees vaccinated. Now, you take a look at this just after the holiday season. Oh, you mean when just after Christmas, when there's going to be a lot of purchasing, a lot of presents, where you can't really afford to have people laid off and more supply chain disruptions, or you can't risk firing people and putting them out of work just before the holidays. And yet they claim that this is under an emergency temporary standard. And yet there is no emergency. The pandemic is basically over. Now, the coronavirus is here to stay forever. So this mandate not only states that you will take an injection now, but you will take all the booster injections, but you're not allowed to know what's in it or how it was created. Now, it goes on to say the Occupational Safety and Health Administration released the new rules under the Labor Department Thursday, saying all businesses with 100 employees or more must make sure their workers are vaccinated by January 4th. Biden is forcing his unconstitutional vaccine mandate on private businesses. He has taken away 84 million Americans' freedom to choose for their family. There is nothing more authoritarian and as a power grab as this. Government overreach at its worst, says Elise Stefanik, a Republican in New York. If employees maintain the right to choose whether to get vaccinated or not, They must wear a mask by December 5th and provide weekly negative COVID-19 tests after the January 4th deadline. Not only are employees expected to comply with these tyrannical requirements, the companies are not required to pay for those weekly tests. This means the cost will come out of the worker's pocket. And just to follow up on the tyranny, as being reported by Just the News, families could be denied death benefits for unvaccinated loved ones. It goes on to read, Families of unvaccinated workers may not receive death benefits if a person dies of COVID-19, says Kaiser Health News. In an article on its website, KHN, said that New York's Metropolitan Transportation Authority is denying $500,000 death benefits to families of the unvaccinated subway, bus, and commuter workers. It strikes me as needlessly cruel. Lawyer Mark uh, Debolfsky, I don't know how to pronounce that, I don't care, who represents workers in a benefit dispute, told CNN other employees or other employers are considering the federal vaccine mandate as justification for denying potential death benefits or insurance claims based on someone's vaccination status. There is a frustration level, particularly at this point, when these vaccines are fully approved. and. It also goes on to say, you're trying to protect yourself and your employees both from themselves and the general public is the justification that the government is trying to give. 
I mean, it, it, it goes on here and it goes on, but the point remains the same. They are still using COVID-19 as an excuse for massive power grabs, for overthrowing the Constitution and your rights under it. And let's be clear, there is no emergency. Their entire justification for this mandate is bogus. First off, the pandemic is pretty much over. I mean, just like the cold and flu, it's always going to be around the COVID-19 virus, and it's always going to mutate. There's always going to be a new variant. And what is the government's stance? Well, for every new variant, they can mandate that you take another injection or you get injected with another experimental vaccine with no known long-term side effects or unknown long-term side effects. There's always going to be that excuse. But the pandemic is basically over. The amount of deaths resulting from COVID-19 has dropped significantly down to no more than what you would see from the seasonal flu. The vaccine has been out since, what, January for nearly 11 months now? And during that time, the vaccine has been made available for free. So anybody who has wanted to get vaccinated has had the opportunity to get vaccinated, which also goes off to show that there is no emergency here. I mean, what are they trying to say about this vaccine? That it's worthless and effective? Anybody who wanted to get vaccinated has gotten vaccinated. So if someone does show up unvaccinated, infected with COVID, then presumably, if the vaccine is effective, then those who chose to get the vaccine would be safe and not in any danger. But then again, if they're trying to say that they are still in danger and could still get COVID, then what does that say about the vaccine? That it's worthless, that it doesn't actually provide much in the way of protection. In which case, what's the point of mandating for public health on a vaccine that has no real effect, that provides no real protection? So there is no emergency here for them to be able to use the emergency temporary standard in order to pass this through. Furthermore, this is a new law that Biden has just created, which is unconstitutional. All legislative authority rests in the legislative branch. Yes, I know. I know. I Every so often you probably hear a thud. That's one of my kids. But in any event, all legislative authority rests in the Congress. Joe Biden even if he was constitutionally legitimate, does not have the authority to implement this mandate here for a vaccine because he has no legislative authority himself. Now, I'm not coming on here telling you not to get vaccinated. I'm saying that is a personal choice that you have to make for your family based off of your family's situation, your health status, your religious beliefs, and so on. Maybe you just want to wait until the studies have been done about the long-term potential side effects of taking a vaccine before you jump in and voluntarily make yourself a guinea pig. But in either event, whether you believe in the vaccine and you get it or you don't, you must support the right of the individual to choose. Because once you start going off and saying, well, you know, this is a unique situation, maybe we should allow the government to mandate it in the name of public health. Well, once the government starts getting the authority, usurping the authority, and exercising the authority unchallenged to start demanding that you take one vaccination, that you be injected with one type of substance. Do you really think it's going to stop there? Do you really think that the authoritarians on the left are going to stop there? No, they're going to go, well, we did this. We got away with it. So obviously now we have the power because we set the precedent for this. Now we can start mandating all types of injections on the American people. And they're going to start being able to go off and demand that you take injections for anything and everything that they want you to take an injection for. Why? Well, because what's the difference between this vaccine and that vaccine? This a shot for this and a shot for that. What, what, what's the difference? And if you're not allowed to know exactly what's in it and how it was developed, well, then you don't really know what it is they're injecting you with. And the left, as you know, loves to lie about everything, cover up everything. It was just like with the critical race theory, where now that we are past the election, the left is out there bragging. Of course, we're, we lied to you about critical race theory. And there will be more on that later on in the show here. But they will go off and they'll lie about anything and everything, declare everything an emergency, just like they do when it comes to climate change, right? That climate change is now so, 
so much of an emergency, a global disaster, you know, apocalyptic in nature that they can justify anything, which is why they are now trying to go off and demand a new tax, all in the name of climate change, on cows and pigs because they fart. Yeah, I know I dropped my pen. Yes, they want to mandate taxes for animal flatulence because when animals fart, they release methane into the atmosphere and that contributes to climate change. Well, if they're able to get away with that, when are they going to start going, you know what? Human beings fart too and they release methane into the atmosphere. We need to start making everyone pay a tax for all the farting that they do throughout their life. And then it's only just a little bit further before they go, you know what? Whenever you breathe, you exhale CO2, you know, carbon dioxide. And wouldn't you know it? That contributes to climate change. So now you must take a pay a tax. Sorry. You must pay a tax just for breathing because every breath you take contributes to climate change. You see how they can use anything to justify anything and how they go through and they try to do incremental steps. They push little by little claiming, well, this is an extraordinary measure for a very special type of situation. And then they nudge you more and more and more. And that's why the vaccine mandate is so dangerous, not just because they're demanding that you take an injection with no idea or what you're being really injected with, no information on what the long-term side effects could be. Because once they start doing that, they can demand you take an injection that you have to go and you're not allowed to know what you're being injected with. And then from there, it's only just a short hop and skip away before they start deciding that based off of your political leanings, that maybe your injections get a little something extra in it that provide a lot more severe side effects. I don't doubt it with the left. I don't doubt anything about how tyrannical and evil the left has become. This is why we need to fight. We need to fight these mandates. We need to fight the left's claim on climate change. We need to fight on so many fronts because little by little, they are asserting that the government has unquestionable control over your body, over your life. Now, what's interesting is when you take a look at the vaccine mandate, it violates the whole constitutional concept that they created out of thin air in order to justify abortion. Remember the abortion? It's my body, my choice. Now, of course, I understand abortion is different in the fact that there are two lives occupying one body. And should one of those lives be able to terminate the other just because they find it inconvenient? But the justification that they used under the Constitution was that you have a right to privacy in your medical decision. And therefore, the government doesn't have the right to stop abortion because they're not supposed to know whether or not you're getting an abortion. And the left would go out there and chant, my body, my choice, my body, my choice. And then like the complete hypocrites that they always show themselves to be, when it comes to the vaccine mandate, they go, no, 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 no. Your body is not your choice on what goes into your body. The government decides what is pumped into your body. So wouldn't it be interesting if we were able to use the legal justifications that the Supreme Court made up in order to justify legalizing abortion? in order to use that same reasoning and rationale, in order to get the vaccine mandates declared unconstitutional. Now, there's a lot of other grounds in which to declare the vaccine mandates unconstitutional in any way, shape, or form, but that would just be the extra cherry, the extra icing on top of the cake. Now, the Democrats, they know that the courts are going to strike down this mandate, that this is going to probably go all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is going to strike this down. But The Democrats are hoping that by the time it gets through the courts, the damage has already been done, and it doesn't matter if it gets repealed because everyone will have been forced to get the vaccine, forced to take the injection. See, it takes a long time to get anywhere through the courts and through the appeals process. Meanwhile, they are hoping that at least the lower courts will uphold this before it gets struck down by the Supreme Court. And by that, by the time it gets to the Supreme Court, it will already be past the January 4th deadline. And therefore, in order to avoid being fired from their jobs, people will submit to the government's tyrannical mandate. And everybody working for an employer that has 100 or more employees will have been injected in order to keep their job 
and avoid unemployment. So that is one thing that they are hoping for. Even though that they know the courts will strike it down, they're hoping to stall the process out long enough that it doesn't matter if the courts strike it down because the damage will have already been done given the timeline. But also, there is a reason here why it's being done through executive orders rather than the legislature trying to pass it. And that is to give Democrats cover in the 2022 midterms. They're going to play this game whereby the Democrats, who, by the way, all support the vaccine mandate in the House and the Senate, but they're going to go out there on the campaign trail and go, well, that's not how I would have done it. And if it had come up to a vote in the House and Senate, I would have voted against it because I believe in the individual's right to choose and make their own medical decisions and that such medical decisions should be made between the person and their doctor. They're going to play that game, you know, where they would say that they wouldn't do it even though they support it. And this is why it's being done through executive order to give the Democrats that cover on the campaign trail. And then when it comes to 2024, as no one believes that Joe Biden will have any capability of being able to run for reelection based off of his current state of mental decline, the person who runs on the Democrat ticket will go, that's not the way I would have done it. No, no, no. I understand why President Biden, you know, felt the need to implement a mandate. I just wouldn't have done it that way myself. They'll go off and try to act like this wasn't something that they supported. Well, the Republicans are going to be taking away that excuse from them. As the Republicans have finally figured out that when the Democrats are on the march towards a very unpopular, which by the way, vaccine mandates are extremely unpopular, overwhelmingly unpopular, even among Democrats, or at least the Democrat uh, voters is extremely unpopular because they know that at some point in time, a Republican can use this to, if they believe the Republican is authoritarian in nature, although the Republican would never actually do this, but then what would stop a Republican from demanding they get an injection for this, that, and the other thing? I don't know. But in any event, when the Democrats are on the march and doing something extremely unpopular, the Republicans have figured out, give the Democrats as much rope as they need in order to hang themselves with. And so you now have Republican Senator Mike Brom, who backed by most GOP senators, including minority leader Mitch McConnell, is hopeful of nixing, um, just getting rid of the mandate through an, I love how this reads, through an arcane but effective Congressional Review Act. I wanted to say constitutional, but through a Congressional Review Act which would force a vote in both the House and the Senate just before Christmas and when 93,000 firms could be firing unvaccinated workers. The article continues, The act allows Congress to review federal rules normally ignored by House and Senate. In this case, it would target the Occupational Safety and Health Administration's new proposal that firms with 100-plus workers have all employees vaccinated by January 4th, or face a a hefty fine. Now, first of all, this is amazing on this, the Congressional Review Act. Now, the Constitution says that all legislative authority rests in the legislature, and yet they needed to pass an act or a law that gave them the opportunity to review any laws passed by the executive branch that has no lawmaking authority. Although the executive branch, you know, they try to call it regulations. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's a law. And Biden has no authority to do so. So the idea that the legislature at one point had to pass a law that gave them the right to exercise their constitutional authority is dumbfounding to begin with. You know, it's like, why would you need to do that? Just point out that Biden doesn't have legislative authority. But then again, when you take a look at this, you would see that the Democrats control the House, control the Senate, and chances are they would never challenge the unconstitutional acts of a Democrat in office. Now, what's nice about this, well, let me just continue reading the article, and then I'll get to what's nice about this. Brom, a former farmer and auto parts distributor, feels forcing a vote will make centrist Democrats reconsider Biden's unilateral mandate when the pink slips start flowing. (laughs) That's right. The Democrats will have to be on the record 
as to whether or not they support a mandate that could be costing hundreds of thousands to millions of people their jobs going in to an election year. I'll give them credit, he told us. They're like politician entrepreneurs who've never taken a finance 101 class. Are they just trying to produce catastrophes and things that you take them to task on? Wow, that is worded awkwardly. In an interview, he cited a survey showing that very few, 14%, support firing employees who refuse COVID vaccination. What's more, while the president has doubled down on requiring businesses to take the heat on the issue, he has started to pull back on the federal requirements on contractors in the military. So yes, what is nice about this, the Congressional Review Act, is that it can be invoked by absolutely anybody in the House and the Senate. And when it is invoked, it requires automatic vote by the House and the Senate and put everybody on record as to whether or not they support it or not. And so when it comes through, the only way the mandate would stay in place is if every Democrat in the House and Senate vote to keep it in place. If it fails to get the majority approval in both the House and the Senate, the mandate gets repealed. Right? So this eliminates the Democrats' ability to keep the mandate in place and go out on the campaign trail and go, well, I did not support that. I would have voted against it if it came up for a vote in uh, the House or the Senate, whatever office they are going for. This takes away that excuse. And so now they will be on record as having supported the mandate as tens of thousands to millions of people will lose their jobs if they decide to keep their personal freedom or if they do end up getting vaccinated in order to keep their job. It will only be because they were forced to by the Democrats, including those in the House and the Senate. And they will see that and they go, no, 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 no. If you can force that I have to take this injection in order to keep my job, what other injections are you going to start forcing me to take? No, no, no. And so you go off and you take a look at this, and this is great. This is awesome to do the Congressional Review Act, get every last one of them on record supporting one of the most unpopular decisions by one of the most unpopular occupants of the White House, and then see how well they do in 2022. That is already set to be a complete disaster for Democrats. Because remember, 2022 is the first election of the new congressional map, as the districts have been redrawn as a result of the census. And of course, with the majority of the states being in control of the Republicans, guess who was drawing those congressional maps? Oh, Republicans going in to a midterm election in which midterms are horrible, go horrible for the incumbent in the White House. It is going to be a slaughter of the Democrats in the 2022 midterms. And that's assuming that the people don't rise up before the midterms, having enough of this tyrannical government. Remember, the Declaration of Independence states that when a government has become so tyrannical as to violate the God-given rights of its people, the people have the right to overthrow that government. That's in the Declaration of Independence. I mean, what do you think when they go off and they talk about, oh, the insurrection on January 6th? The country was founded on an insurrection of the colonists against the British Empire because our founding fathers know that the nature of government is tyranny to always try to expand its own power and control over the people. And when it gets too tyrannical, it is the right of the people to overthrow that government and establish a new government. That respects the rights of the people. Okay, moving on here. I got just a little short story here. (laughs) So, as you know, the Democrats are always going on about climate change. The apocalypse is coming. Climate change. I mean, they've only been saying it for 120 years. And every prediction on climate that they have ever come up with has been 100% wrong. I mean, you take a look at the predictions from the 1980s about the apocalypse that would happen by the year 2000. You know, all the ice caps would be melted. You know, um, 50% of the landmass would sink under the ocean. Um, You know, that was with the global warming before. Then they switched to acid rain, would kill all the crops, leaving the population to starve to death. And And then if you go back before the 1980s, they were talking about the coming ice age. 
which is why they go off on 100-year predictions now, because they've got tired of the fact that all that people kept living long enough to see all their 10-year predictions be wrong. But that didn't change them from backing away from their insane climate change apocalypse or man-made climate change and trying to convince everyone that they can control the climate and make it perfect, although they don't know what the climate is supposed to be or what the best climate is. You know, we know that the Earth goes through warming and cooling cycles and that these cycles happen over decades or even a few centuries. We don't know the exact time frame. And the scientists, they don't know. They don't know how fast the the last ice age came upon the Earth or how fast it came out of the ice age. They don't know. They have no clue. There is no data. There is no record on it. They just know an ice age to happen, or at least they're making the assumption that it happened based off of you know what evidence that they have and their interpretation of the evidence, but they weren't there. They didn't have the ability to record the temperatures and how fast the temperatures changed or what caused the temperature changes, what the solar cycle was at that time, the orbit of the earth, the tilt of the earth's axis. They had none of that information. You know, their whole basing it off uh, today's climate change off of CO2 emissions. Well, if that's wrong, then all their models regarding the past is all wrong. So, I mean, we can't trust it. And considering that all their models have failed 100% of the time to predict future climate should give us an indication that all of their climate models for past climate information are predictions or projections are wrong as well. And not having that information, they don't know what the optimal climate is. For all we know, we're coming out of a climate that is colder than what would otherwise be normal or is just part of the regular cycles. And as the climate has gotten a little warmer, I mean, yes, it has gotten warmer, but there's a lot of factors that go into that. The solar cycles and everything going on in the atmosphere, uh, you know, between new ozone layer being created while old ozone layer being destroyed, the melting and freezing of the polar ice caps, I mean, there's a lot that goes into the climate, but right now, yes, we are in a warming cycle. And yet, you know, we do have some scientists predicting that the warming cycle will peak in uh, the 2030s and then start cooling off based off of the current cycle of the sun. Surprise, surprise. But in any event, as the climate has gotten warmer, it has actually been good for the planet. It has given us the ability to grow more food to feed the population to grow more food in more areas for longer periods of time, which is why we don't really have any food shortage anywhere in the world right now. But the left is still going out there claiming the climate apocalypse is coming. And then they go through and they take a look at what needs to be done in their view in order to stop the climate apocalypse. And what do they come up with? The Democrats' plan, the climate alarmist plan to stop climate change has a price tag that would cost more than the entire world's gross domestic domestic product. Wow. So it would take more money than what is available in the entire world to solve climate change. And they can't even prove that it's man-made. Wow. So Treasury Secretary, the article from the Daily Caller reads, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen estimated that the world would need to devote 100 to $150 trillion which is more than the entire world's annual gross domestic product to fight climate change over the next three decades. Yellen signaled that the world economy will need to undergo a complete transformation in order to prevent devastating climate change in the future during a speech Wednesday at the ongoing United Nations Climate Conference in Glasgow, Scotland. The Treasury Secretary delivered the remarks during the summit Finance Day opening event. Now, the article goes on and on and on, but here's the point. They do give it away in that speech what the real point of their climate change agenda is. It's not really about the climate. In fact, the left has given this away many, many times, how some of the most prominent climate change activists have been caught, you know, in their emails, their writings, or even in their books, Exposing that they don't even believe in their own climate change alarm, alarmist uh, views that they promote, but it's actually about doing nothing more than creating a sense of crisis, a sense of urgency in order to remake the world and the leftist image, to remake 
the entire global economy to redistribute wealth and and change where the economic centers are away from places like the United States and transferring that over to third world countries. Now, these third world countries, they could easily improve their economies. All they need to do is give up dictatorships and authoritarian governments to create a United States-like government, uh, or at least how the United States government had been up until the last 20 years when the Democrats' authoritarian nature overrode any sense of decency about limited government and promoting the individual and entrepreneurship capitalism. If they would do that, then those third world countries could rise up in their economies, could start improving their financial situations. But no, the authoritarians don't want that. They want to remake the world, re-engineer the global economy, and do that away from the United States and any of today's major economies, and reshift it. And in the process, be able to help encourage people to surrender their rights and freedom to an authoritarian world government. The new world order, maybe you've heard them, you know, talk about this from Bill Gates to Justin Trudeau to even the Democrats in the United States, all slipping up and saying the new world order, which is what climate change is really about, establishing the new world order. And they believe that if they create the sense of a big enough disaster that for the common good, you would surrender all your rights and your freedoms, that you would agree to live under an Orwellian-type society so long as you believe doing so would prevent extinction, and that not doing so would lead to extinction. It's all a scam. They have no ability to control anything. And by the way, if you really thought that climate change was man-made and that it was being done by the carbon emissions of fossil fuels, then the best solution that you could have is just plant more trees. Plant trees as in every spot that you could think of, you know, that in every place where there is no tree currently, and that would solve the problem. But of course, the Democrats won't actually take a look at trying to figure out whether or not there really is anything that we can do, because all of their solutions are worthless. They don't go for solving any of the problems that they claim are contributing to climate change. But for some reason, their whole solution is more taxes, less freedom. And that's supposed to solve everything. And they have built it up so big that to solve the problem would require more money than is available in the entire world. Therefore, as a result, we must remake the entire global economy to fit into the left's agenda. Okay, so now I just want to get to one last thing before I wrap up the show. And that is the left is out there now bragging about how they were able to lie to you, lie to parents about critical race theory and lie about their claims that it's not taught in the schools. And so we have a couple of tweets here. As an administrator, this tweet coming from Tony Kinnett at the Tonus on Twitter, as an administrator for the largest school district in Indiana, here's what we mean when we tell you that we aren't teaching, in quotes, critical race theory. And the tweet goes on because he had to create a second tweet to fit everything in. Yes, we told principals at the beginning of the year to lie to parents and tell them we weren't using critical race theory in schools. Yes, we continue to lie. As Kenneth points out, the education establishment has merely rebranded the assumptions and beliefs of critical race theory into, quote, anti-racism and the correct belief that criticizing that kind of branding would be difficult, especially among the uninitiated. Now, this is the game that the Democrats play. They play all types of word games that they go through and they take a look at what it is they want to do. What they want to do is teach racism, teach hatred, promote authoritarianism, and convince people to surrender their rights. But if they come out and they tell you exactly straight up what it is they want to do, no one will support it. So they go off and they play word games and branding. So while they claim that they don't teach critical race theory, they actually are. They just rebranded critical race theory as anti-racism training, that they take all the teachings of critical race theory and put it into their anti-racism and diversity classes. And therefore, if you're against critical race theory, it must be because you are pro-racism. 
even though critical race theory itself is racism. So they promote racism, call it anti-racism, and then if you call it out, well, if you're against anti-racism, it must mean you're pro-racist. And the Democrats have been playing this game for decades now, these word games, and trying to brand everything. Because they have figured out that for their base and for about 46% of the country, it doesn't matter what you do, it only matters what you say, that their words speak louder than their actions. And so they can get away with anything. They can get their base, you know, the registered Democrats, to give up any rights and freedoms, surrender to an authoritarian government, even sacrifice their own kids, as long as you claim doing so was in the name of tolerance and anti-racism and social justice. Heck, I would even go as far as to say that the Democrats today would full-on 100% support Hitler and the Holocaust if Hitler had just branded it as social justice and anti-racism. And it's the same word games that the Democrats use that allow them to claim that CNN, NBC, MSNBC, and such are journalists rather than left-wing political activists. It's the word games. It only matters what they call it, not what they actually do. And the Democrat Party relies heavily, heavily on the corrupt and disgraced media to push their lies, to push their propaganda, to gaslight the country, to go off there and harass, bully, intimidate, threaten, and even violently attack anybody who publicly comes out against Democrat views and ideology, to go off and use cancel culture, fear and intimidation, and to use that also against businesses, attacking any businesses that do not go along with the Democrat agenda, threatening them, harassing them, trying to run uh, propaganda stories or negative stories to tank their uh, stock prices in order to get the big businesses to cower to the left and then eventually just go along and support the left on anything that they want to do, forcing it onto the culture. Hey, you will either shut up about your disagreement with left-wing policy, or we're going to close your bank account, or you're going to lose your job if you exercise your First Amendment rights. You're going to be punished. You know, it's all about trying to threaten and silence the American people because they know that the American people do not actually support it. But if they can get you uh, intimidated, silenced, and shut up, they can make you feel isolated and alone. And then they go through, and of course, they push through a bunch of voter fraud and a lot of that in order to maintain part of the illusion and try and pass that illegal immigrants now have the right to vote at certain levels of government for their elected leaders and representatives at the city council level and the county level and so forth. But it is just disgusting. Their entire political party is based on on just blatantly lying to the people. And because of the way they try to brand it, if you come out against it, they feel like they have every right and justification to go as as far as violently assaulting you if they have to in order to silence you. Because after all, they claim that being racist is anti-racism and that if you're against their racist teaching that they are branding as anti-racism, then that must mean you're pro-racism and therefore... If you're a racist, they have every justification to beat you down. It's all about branding. It's all about what you say, not what you do with the left. And the schools have gotten so bad, so out of control now as a result of the transgender movement that, you know, if you point out that an individual committed a crime and that individual happens to be part of a certain community, whether it's a a member of the black community, Hispanic, Asian, uh, whether it's uh, part of the LGBT community or so forth, any community except for straight white men, you're not allowed to do or say anything about it. In fact, you must cover up the crimes because if you don't, then you're promoting stereotypes and you're attacking the community and it's some type of istophobe to point out who actually committed the crime as an individual. And with the left, they have hierarchies of who's more important or what group is more important than the other. And the hierarchy of left-wing groups keeps changing. You know, the people who are on top, the most important that you could not criticize before and that nobody could touch are now sinking towards the bottom of the totem pole. It used to be, you know, based off of skin color. You know, if you were a a black Democrat, you could not be touched or criticized or that was automatically racism. But then the LGBT community or the LGBT community came out and all of a sudden they were the new top 
of the hierarchy, and they could criticize people of color and not be considered racist. And then if people of color responded, oh, the people of color, oh, they're the horrible ones. They need to learn their place. And then the transgender community came out. And now the LGB community has sank down. Now we're transgender people, which, by the way, is delusional, and no one can actually be transgender, but that's besides the point. They can be out there, and they can start criticizing lesbians and start saying, uh, for men claiming to be women, can go out there and say, hey, if you're a lesbian and you refuse to sleep with me, that is because you are a transophobe and a horrible person, and now lesbians are being pressured into having straight sex, otherwise they face being ostracized by the community and being tossed out of the LGB community for being transphobic if they don't want to sleep with a guy who just claims they're a girl. And this is becoming a problem in the community. But, you know, with the transgender people being on top, you're not allowed to criticize that. But then the transgender people now can criticize and make fun of lesbian and gay people. And, of course, we all know what happened with Dave Chappelle. We're now, as a black man, oh, my boy, my kids are really starting to get rambunctious upstairs. You know, I'm not going to edit that out. You know, kids are kids, and it takes way too much time to edit all that stuff out. But as we found out with Dave Chappelle, now, if you're a black man, you are not allowed to criticize transgender people in any way, shape, or form. You're supposed to shut up and know your place. And you used to be on top. So it keeps changing. And they keep having to come up with new groups. And the reason why the left has to constantly go out there and create new victim groups and new names to call people who don't support that victim group is because the old victim groups are no longer victim groups. And so let's take an example here of black Americans. There was a time when they could legitimately claim that they were a victim group. Of course, they were being victimized by the Democrats. And any victimization that is still going on is, surprise, surprise, by the Democrats. But the Democrats claiming to support the black community would go out there and claim that anything that they disagreed with was racist and was targeting the black community. Well, as they did that and everyone caught on that racism lost all meaning to the word and meant nothing more than a Democrat doesn't like what you have to say, but they have nothing to support their viewpoints. So they just say it to try and shut you up. Well, it became harder and harder to claim that black people are still victimized in America today with the civil rights legislation, affirmative action, so on and so forth, they're actually given preferential treatment in the United States today by businesses, colleges, and the government. So it's hard to keep them listed or labeled as a victimized group. So they had to come up with another group, the lesbian, uh, the gay, lesbian, uh, bisexual community. And then they created a new word, homophobe. And then they would start going off and then they would switch back and forth between racist and homophobe in order to do that. But as once again, those groups are, you know, no one really cares who they're sleeping with. No one's actually victimizing the group in any way, shape or form or anything like that. It's hard to keep them listed as a victim group when they keep getting preferential treatment all over the place. So that's where they come out with transgenderism and the new word transophobe. Plus, it allows them to have more words or more names to call you to cycle through in order to not, you know, have it lose any and all meaning so quickly. And they keep creating more and more victim groups. And of course, the new victim groups are always immediately placed on top of the left-wing hierarchy where those victim groups can start going off and trashing all the other left-wing victim groups if they want. But if the other left-wing victim groups respond, well, then they are ostracized by the entire left. How dare you? We saw that play out with Dave Chappelle and the transgender movement. Whereas a black man, he's basically being told you have to shut up and know your place. You don't have the right to speak out, but the transgender people can trash black people all they want if they want to. It's really quite amazing, but they have to go off and keep cycling, getting crazier and crazier to find new imaginary victim groups in order to go off and try to claim that they support in order to come up with new names in order to silence and shut down debate. Now, what's scary is what are they going to come up with after the whole transgender move, after the whole... You know, people can self-identify their gender and that men can become women and women can become men and men can get pregnant and women can get people pregnant. After they come up with that, what new victim group can they imagine up in order to try and shut down debate in the future? I don't know. But the left always has to go off and create this hierarchy and then go off and try to create victim groups in order to shut down debate. And it is so bad now 
that transgenderism or the transgender people are at such the top of the left-wing hierarchy, the complete untouchable, that they will even cover up sexual crimes committed by transgendered people. As we see here, a female student is sexually assaulted by a classmate, files a report about the sexual assault with the police against a man who was in the women's restroom, claiming to be a woman at that time, sexually assaulting her, raping her. She files a police report. The police investigate. They found evidence to support the crime. The person confessed to the crime. But how did the school board respond? They suspended the victim. They suspended the girl who was sexually assaulted and then forced her to attend a, uh, some type of seminar or training about harassment, about sexual harassment is preventable training. Well, yes, the school blamed the rape victim for being raped and suspended her for, quote, filing a false report, even though the police found evidence and the person confessed to the crime. The school still said it was a false report and suspended her and required her to take training about how the sexual assault was her fault because the attacker was transgendered. And you see, you're not allowed to take any action against transgender. As far as they're concerned, there are no rules for transgender people. They can assault anybody they want, do anything they want. If a transgender person says they want to have sex with you, you must strip and lay down and take it. That's how high up transgenders are on the Democrats' hierarchy. They are untouchable. And if you say no to their sexual advancements, then you're the problem. You're a transophobe, and you will be ostracized. So schools are now covering up rape for anybody who is part of the transgender community. Not that it's all transgendered people. may just be a small minority of transgender people, but they're still covering it up and then punishing the rape victim. Wow. Anyways, that's it uh, for this episode. I'd like to thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to leave me a rating and review. I know, I know this is really a horrible place to end this episode, but I just want it to really sink in on you. All right, don't forget to leave me a rating and review and share this anywhere where free speech is still allowed. Thank you so much, and I will be back again soon.